Hello, my friends. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I have a tough question for you to think through today. Let me go ahead and get into it. This is episode 315. The title of the episode is The Dangerous Challenge for Standing on Your Convictions. Standing strong for conservative principles did not have a heavy price, price tag not so long ago. You remember that day when we were all nestled comfortably in the conservative culture of Americanism and, and we could be Christian and, and talk about our Christian values and the blowback was minimal. Well, that day has passed. The Christian community is wrestling through the challenges of holding to our convictions as we recognize that every decision that we make along these lines has a financial, reputational, vocational, or educational impact. Honestly, we are regressing to a former day in church history where decisions could cost you your life. It it sounds phenomenal to even be talking like this, but we are because it's real. Even as I was putting this podcast together, I was watching on the internet uh, in Alberta, Canada, where a church was having a chain-link fence wrapped around it to keep the Christians away because of governmental power grabs and and mandates. This is no longer out there somewhere. This is on your doorstep. It's on mine. It's the number one question that, that people are asking us. I just finished not so long ago three episodes. Uh, one of our supporting members asked a similar question. I'm not going to repeat that information today. Uh, but my point is, is they were asking a similar kind of question about the cancel culture, and so I developed an hour and a half of of podcast material uh, for this supporting member. It's episode 310 was one of the three, and the title of that one is Mix Power and Disdain for Others, You Get a Cancel Culture. And then a couple episodes later, in 312, I did... A cancel culture manipulates everyone to see things as they do. And then in 313, it was titled, Helpful Ideas When Speaking Against the Cancel Culture. Again, I'm not going to repeat that uh, information, but I would encourage you to listen to those podcasts and peruse those show notes because there's a lot of information there that will help you. But in this podcast, I, I want to set up a scenario, and it's not fictional, not anymore. Let's say that someone has come to you, uh, that, that you had to face off with someone who did not just merely disagree with you, but they would not relent until you accepted their teaching. Now, I know that the knee-jerk response would be that you would stand for your convictions, and I would say similarly. But I would say that because, well, honestly, I've never had to make that kind of decision before. Oh, yeah, I made decisions for Christ. Would I witness to this person in the uh, grocery checkout line knowing that there will be people behind me who might think poorly of me? And so my fear of man kicked in because I, I was managed by the opinions of those people that were behind me. And I didn't want to feel their disapproval or their rejection. And so I didn't witness to the individual, to the checkout person in the grocery store. That's not persecution. What I'm talking about here is a wholly other manner. 
And so I'm asking you the question. We're not living in a vacuum, and so the question is not answered in a vacuum, but it's it's answered practically in real life that the person is facing off with you, and there's only one right answer, and that is you compromise, acquiesce to what they are asking you to do, or there will be severe, significant blowback. As I mentioned earlier, it could it could affect you financially, reputationally, vocationally, or educationally. What if your educational future were in the balance? You had to answer the question according to your teacher's critical race theories, or you fail the test and you see your educational trajectory plummet. What if taking a knee made all the difference in losing or keeping your scholarship? How about bowing to the woke mob at work? If you stand for your conviction, you will stand in the unemployment line tomorrow. These are the questions that I'm asking you, and they're not theoretical or hypothetical anymore. These questions and concerns are not out there somewhere as we read in a, a, a time long ago about a cake shop that would not make a cake for a gay couple and they go all the way to, to the Supreme Court and they're still being harassed today and we, we sigh and we, we moan at that, but there is a, there's also an element of detachment from that too because they aren't here, but they are here now. They are like a slow-rolling tsunami They're coming to your doorstep. They're coming to your children. There is no place for any of us to hide because the woke cultural evangelist is adamant, is determined, and unapologetic. They don't like the culture. And though they have no plan beyond destroying whatever it is that we have, that doesn't matter. They don't have a plan. They just want to destroy. And you and me, we are in a place where we are... We, can't, we have to make decisions. We can't be passive anymore. But, but more than that, when they are standing in front of you, what are you going to do? And so I want to walk through a, a, a several questions that I want to ask you as you think about this. And I trust that this will be a, a conversation that you will have uh, with close friends, with family, that you will make this a talking point because we need to fortify ourselves. And that, that begins first by fortifying our minds, that we want to make sure that we, we know what we believe and believe what we believe, and, and we have already predetermined how we're going to respond when they, when they come after us. You know, part of what you don't want to do is to be in the crux of a situation where you are facing off with a decision and the emotions are running high and you haven't spent time deliberating over the the consequences of what's happening and the decision that you should make. You want to predetermine that. And so I trust that this episode 315 will position you in a good place to where your mind will be stable and that you will be ready to give an answer should that time come where you are facing off with with the mob. And so just a few, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to make some comments. And again, you can copy all of this right out of the show notes. You can go right to episode 315 and you can use it as your notes if you wish. There's a print button at the bottom of all of our articles. Uh, You can end our episodes and you can just print them off and then you can mark up the piece of paper uh, as you wish.
But the first question that you have to ask is, do you self-censor or do you speak up? That is the question. Now, unfortunately, too many Christians are self-censoring. I mean, they just live in fear and they won't speak up. But you're going to have, you, you can't stay that way forever. I mean, you have to do something. Either you're going to acquiesce or you're going to speak up. If you self-censor, by the way, you are compromising. You are acquiescing. You are giving in to, uh, to what uh, they are demanding or whatever it is that they want. James 4.17 says that if you know to do good and if you do not do it, it is a sin to you and to, to me. And so if you know to speak up and you know you should speak up, but you don't speak up, well, there's no other category for that but sin and so we have to just not acknowledge that self-censoring is happening, but we, we're going to have to acknowledge from a biblical framework that self-censoring more than likely is a sin issue on our part. And so when you start wrestling with the idea of self-censoring, and maybe this is a sin issue for me versus speaking up, well, then what are the costs? What are the consequences for personal freedom? Because there will be consequences. You know, as a parent, when you talk to your children about decisions that they make, not necessarily what I'm talking about here in this episode, but any decision that they make, you want to talk to them about the consequences of those decisions. This is what Jesus talked about in Luke 14, that you sit down and you, you count the cost before you build a tower. Well, in this case, what we're talking about is personal freedom. What are the consequences for personal freedom? Because there will be consequences. In the old day, there weren't any. I mean, we just lived, we lived large, and we lived free. And we never even thought about these things. Again, we knew it was out there somewhere, but now it is here, front and center, in front of our faces. And so there are consequences, and there's conversations that need to be had. One of the ways that you can think about this is that there are two possible roads that you can go down. You can go down the road of suffering, or you can go down the road of suffering. Those are the two roads. And so you're standing at this point, and there's two roads that diverge into the wood. And over the, the sign over both roads is the same, is suffering. This is the path of suffering. And then you look over to the right at the other lane, and it says this is the path of suffering. Therefore, there's only one option as far as suffering is, con is concerned. You're going to suffer. Now, what you have to do is to decide what kind of suffering that you want. Remember, suffering is the only option that you have. Now, you can compromise your beliefs and appease the agitators, but you won't have peace. You won't have internal peace if you compromise your Christian beliefs to appease the agitators. And so that is one path of suffering. I'm not going to have internal peace, but I'm going to go for external peace. All right, you go down that path. Well, the other path is, no, I want internal peace. I want peace with God. Therefore, I'm going to stand for my convictions but I won't have external peace because they will not leave you alone. And so you have to decide, do I want internal peace and external chaos? 
or do I want internal chaos and external peace? And so the two roads are suffering. Which two you want to go down? Now, if you choose to disagree with those who are trying to get you to compromise your Christian convictions, my appeal to you is to do it respectfully. And the reason you want to do it respectfully is because that other person, no matter how disagreeable they are, no matter how wrong they are, that other person is a fellow image bearer. And so you can disagree with grace, you can disagree with respect, but you also have to disagree with courage, meaning ultimately you have to make a decision. On a much lesser level, we do this all the time in the counseling office, where you have to have courage to say some difficult things to people who don't want to hear what you have to say, but you can say it with grace, and you can say it with, with respect. Now, another point is that an apology or a bowed knee or whatever it is they're asking you to compromise, that's not all they want. I think some people believe that if, if I just do this one thing that they're asking me to do, it will be over with. It won't. It's not about an apology. It's not about a, a bowed knee or saluting this or saluting that. That's a secondary issue. The apology is the first step toward groupthink. It's like an entry drug. You start with this, but you're heading toward something that is much bigger. And I wouldn't want any of you to confuse or to go in ignorantly thinking, well, if I just give them this inch, that will be it. They will be done with me. They will go on, and I will not have to compromise anymore. It's not true. That's not how it works. Once you apologize, once you bow the knee, once you acquiesce to whatever it is that they are asking, it's merely the first step, first step to total assimilation and to group think. And so you have to think about what will happen if you do kick the can down the road this time, that you put it off. You acquiesce, and that's what I mean by kicking the can down the road, and, and that gets you a little farther down the road. But there is no end to their demands until you become like them. You see, they are not, they are not for your beliefs. They are for the total annihilation of your beliefs. They have been very clear about this. They want to destroy the nuclear family. They want to remove God out of everything. This is not about giving them an inch and they're not going to take a mile. You give them an inch and you kick the can down the road. You have started a process now, eventually, it gets harder and harder to say no to their demands. In fact, you'll find in, in many occasions, if you just stand up and say no, they will leave you alone. Once they realize that you're firm and convicted about what you believe, then many of them will just leave you alone because they can't make you bow, and they will go on and find somebody else that they can uh, coerce to assimilate it into whatever it is that, that they are after. Will you assimilate into groupthink, 
or will you have a voice? D- don't be confused about this matter. Their goal is complete assimilation to how they view the world. That is the goal. The goal. And so one of the questions that you'll have to ask, and it's something that, that we've, you've heard this a million times, but now it's on another level. What does it mean to trust God? What does it mean to trust God? I mean, that is, that is a, a relevant and practical question that's no longer a cliche. It's no longer a bumper sticker. But this is a, a decision that will change your finances, your vocation, your educational endeavors. Uh, it, it, it can change your reputation because you're making a decision to trust God or not. One of the things I would appeal to you to think about as you're counting the cost is how if you do stand up, and perhaps you've already experienced this, but courage gives courage to others. And and what I mean by perhaps you have already experienced this is that maybe you have uh, followed someone on on Twitter or the Internet, or or maybe, for example, like Ron uh, DeSantis in Florida, uh, many of you have listened to him, and you hear him, his speeches, his rebuttals, his unwillingness to bow down to the mob, and it gives you courage, right? And maybe there are other examples that you have of other people who are taking a stand. Well, courage begets courage. Well, that can also happen to you. If you take a courageous stand, it will give other people courage as well. But fear also begets fear. If you self-censor and don't stand up and don't have a voice, and again, I'll go back to with grace and respect, but if you self-censor and don't have a voice, then you will pass fear along to your sphere of influence. And so the question is, who, who will follow you? Well, others will. There will be others that will follow you. There will be others that will separate themselves from you because they're more concerned about their reputation or more concerned about whatever trajectory that they are on, and they're not going to follow you because it's important to them that they maintain their trajectory. But you will find, and by the way, you'll also be able to identify who your true friends are. And that in itself is rich. People who will follow you and and people who... Uh, appreciate what you're doing, and they don't take two steps backwards when you take one step forward. But what you will find to some degree is that courage does beget courage, and if you become the example of courage, there will be others that will follow suit. And I do think that this is the answer to what is going on uh, in our culture. If more people just said no, if more people just stood up, this mob who has nothing, they have, absol- they have absolutely no power. It's a paper tiger. But we are the ones that enable them. We are the ones that blow them up, inflate them by our silence or by our fear. I do think if more people stood up and, and took a respectful, grace-filled, loving, but courageous stand, not only would it beget courage, export courage to others, but it will begin to take the tentacles and and the ferociousness out of this noise that's being cast our way and is dominating our lives.
The answer to the woke is standing for what you believe, not what they promote. And that's a decision that I have to make, and that's a decision that you have to make. One final thing, and I, I appeal to you not to buy into their manipulative gaslighting arguments. As they lay out their cause and try to persuade you to to move in their direction and to do whatever it is that they, they want you to do, they're going to use false arguments. They're going to use emotional appeals. And it's important for you to become educated with what is really going on in the culture, what has happened in the past, and that you have an intelligent intelligent argument to what they are saying because if you don't understand what has happened in the past and you don't understand how they are moving you in an emotional way not with facts uh, then you will begin to believe a lie you will begin to do what they have done you will exchange the truth of god for a lie and then it will be easier for you to move along down the path that they want you to move along for example i am over 60 years old now, and I've lived through the 60s. Racism has been going away for decades. It has been going away for decades, up until Obama's time as, as president, where he made it, he began the process of making everything racial, where skin color be, became the most significant thing by how we thought about life, responded to events. But up to that time, racism has been on the, I mean, every statistical category would support this, that racism has been on the decline since the 1960s. It's been a phenomenal thing. Also, as far as, you know, the gay culture is concerned, I mean, the government legalized gay marriage a few years ago. And so it's not like Blacks have been persecuted or gays have been persecuted. I mean, regardless of what you think about gay marriage, I mean, gay being gay, it's a sense, a sinful lifestyle, and gay marriage is sinful. But as far as persecution is concerned, they haven't been, I mean, it's more fashionable to be gay than it's ever been. And so racism has been on the decline, and, and gay freedom has been on the rise. And so when People talk about racism as, as being the culprit to everything. It's just a lie. Or people talk about the persecution of gay people. That's a lie, too. And so regardless of what you think about those things, the gay lifestyle or racism, it has been diminishing. And so if, if someone's playing the victim card with you, the victim card is misguided, but it's also weaponized. And you cannot capitulate to their misinterpretation of reality and manipulation of facts to coerce you to become like them. And so it's important for you to follow people uh, that you trust and that you read factually and not emotionally so that you can be able to not be duped by the gaslighting that's happening. And, that, and that's one of their primary tactics is to gaslight you. Gaslighting means basically telling you things that aren't true, but they're saying they're true. And so you're looking at an orange and they tell you it's an apple. And they do it so well to after a while you believe that orange is an apple. And so they say racism is on the rise or gay persecution is on the rise. Those things are not true.
we have been growing more and more civil since 1965, right up until uh, the mid-aughts, uh, before things intensified and started going in another direction. So my point here is don't buy into their manipulative gaslighting arguments. This is episode 315, The Dangerous Challenge for Standing on Your Convictions. There are three articles here that I did not write, but they are absolutely profound. And I put them in the show notes here because I want you to read them. One of the articles is by Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss is a Jewish lady who worked for the New York Times and lost her job over the very thing that I'm talking about in this episode. And now she's freelancing, and I, I follow her common sense uh, article, her common sense um, brand, I guess, or t- what she calls herself. Uh, her, <laughs> I'm messing this up. On Substack, she has a platform called Common Sense, and I follow her there. She wrote an article called The Miseducation of America's Elites, and I've recommended this article a few times, and I'm absolutely recommending it to you. It is a phenomenal article. She did an interview, an investigative interview, with a bunch of millionaire couples that live in Los Angeles privately. Uh, The interview was private, and she was interviewing them about Uh, the pressure that they are in with their children who are at these elite schools in Los Angeles, like Brentwood, for example, and that the teachers are making them to bow to critical race theory. But these wealthy couples do not believe in that, neither do their children. And so they have to, they have a decision to make. Do we just answer the questions the way that the, the teachers are, uh, mandating that we answer the questions or do we stand for our convictions and we don't we don't go to Princeton or Harvard or Yale these are real decisions and this article that Barry Weiss did is just a phenomenal article and if you haven't read it I do want you to get inside these show notes and click on it and it'll take you right out there and you can read it off of her Substack platform and then there are two other articles that I can't even begin to describe they're so good. One of them is titled, America's True Believers and Their Gutless Enablers. America's True Believers, in context of this article, is the cancel culture, is the mob. And so this writer is calling them America's true believers and those who enable them, those who are blowing up and inflating the the paper tiger like corporate executives. This article by Peter Savinik is outstanding, and I would appeal to you uh, to read it as well. And then there's a second article here by him, and it's titled Woke America is a Russian Novel, as he looks at the Russia in the 1800s and how uh, their demise and what caused their demise and how they eventually went into communism, Marxism, and so forth, and how uh, it is it's a parallel to what we are experiencing today in a woke America. And so he wrote this article titled "Woke America is a Russian Novel." You need to take time to read all three of these articles uh, because it will help you immensely. This is episode 315. The title of it is The Dangerous Challenge for Standing on Your Conviction. I trust that you will take uh, some of the points and the questions that I've asked you and that you would consider these things, that you would get together with someone that you trust where you can have a transparent and vulnerable conversation 
uh, with them. Uh, if your family is in a place uh, to where you can have these types of conversations, I would encourage you to have these conversations within your family. As a dad, I, well, as a as an older person, I'm not as concerned about what is going on in our culture just from a almost a self-centered perspective because my days are few and I can see the, the end of the tunnel and I'm nearly in heaven and I recognize that. But as a dad, um, it's, it's concerning uh, because my children will not enjoy the America that I enjoyed and I'm well aware of that. I don't know the dangerous turns that uh, we're going to take, but as far as I can see out into the future landscape, it's not going to get better anytime soon. They have an agenda, and it's not to create a parallel culture. It's to create a new culture, which can only happen by demolishing the old culture. That is the agenda. And somebody, you, me, uh, are going to have to stand up and make decisions that we've never had to make before. If any of you want to talk about this or other things, perhaps it's on your mind, uh, please jump on our free community forums. If you're not a financial partner, that's just fine. We don't want your money. We want to serve you. Jump on our free community forums and, and ask whatever questions that you may have. If you happen to be a financial partner, well, praise God. May your, may your kind grow, of course. Uh, but we have a private forum for you, and you can jump on our private forum, and you can talk to uh, us. Uh, it's a smaller community, and perhaps that would be better for you. Episode 315, The Dangerous Challenge for Standing on Your Convictions. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.